the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 87, recorded Friday, April 19th, 2013. How many Ks do you really need? Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright, and I'm not sure why I'm here. Uh, with us, though, are two gentlemen who are much smarter uh, and much better looking than I am. First one is Adrian Boyd. He is the Senior System Designer for Texture. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm well. Very good. Uh, also with us is a, a very good buddy of mine. His name is Harry Mead. Uh, he's a CTSD, which makes him oh so much better than I am. He's an he's the enterprise level project manager for Vision Technology Services. How are you, Mister Mead? I am just fine. How are your drums? Uh, getting ready for a contest next contest. Well, when this airs next uh, Saturday. Oh, very good. Harry and uh, and his lovely bride, AB Dawn, uh, are a part of. It's not fife and drum. I always want to call it fife and drum. What is it? Pipe. Pipe and drum. Bag, pipe and drum. Bagpipes. Okay. I play cool. drums. You play drums. And she plays, don't tell me, the tenor. Right? Yes. Ah, I got it right. First time in, like, forever. <laughs> this week, uh, we're going to talk about Infocom 2013. Uh, because Harry's lovely bride is one of the instructors uh, and some other stuff we have coming down, uh, just talk about some of the education things you can you can talk about and you can you can take at, tw- at uh, Infocom 2013 in Orlando this year. Blockbox is holding a contest that I'm going to have you two gentlemen help me enter. You know you're in AV if, and we'll let you think about that for the next half an hour or so. Uh, Extron has some really cool stuff maybe coming down the pike, uh, and we're going to talk about the death of HD. But first... Last week we started the off the show, and so we'll kick it off this week as well with a not controversy. I hate to, to use the word controversy, but let's call it a dust up of sorts. Uh, January, Crestron posted these uh, videos that were their version of a comparison in switchers uh, between themselves and AMX and themselves and Extron. Um, Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. El Presidente, um, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Edwards at Extron got hold of them, took issue with them, and they Extron posted their own video. What was very, very absent, at least in the last two weeks from the conversation, was AMX. Well, as I'm preparing for this very fine show uh, this morning, I got an email, and I felt special because it said, Dear AMX Friends in the Media. I don't know if I'm a friend or if I'm in the media, but I felt special. Or you're a foe. uh, I I said friends in the media. It was to me. We just wanted to share an email that we just distributed to our dealers. They just used the word just twice in a sentence. That's weird. Uh, Dealers, distributors, and consultants that we thought you might also be interested in. Thanks always for your support. Blah, blah, blah. 
uh, and the managing editor of AMX Marketing Communications, Lane Shannon. What it is, it's their version, it's their response to the Crestron and the Extron videos. Um, and they also put a couple links in there that uh, of some articles that I linked to in, in my blog post. Uh, one from, was from Leonard Susskind, the other one was from a buddy of ours uh, who's on the EdTech uh, podcast, Scott Tyner, and his piece on Rafe Pubs. Here's one of the other questions. One of the questions I'm going to start, and we'll start with you, Harry. Uh, Brad Grimes, who has been an editor uh, of AV magazines forever, very talented writer, very smart guy. He now works for Infocom. He also wrote a piece uh, this week, and in it, he says, "You know what? There is there's empirical evidence, right? There is there there are, there are scientific things that we do when you do research, right?" And he says, then do that, because a couple of these articles have mentioned shootouts and, you know, comparisons and this, that, and the other. Is it is it kind of time for a shootout where we, we get somebody, a third party, or even a fourth party, somebody not even associated with the AV industry, to do some empirical studies of all these switchers? Maybe even, maybe just to come up with what they're going to use to compare. Okay. Because right now this this smacks of the of the contrast wars of I've got fifteen million to one contrast. Well, I've got twenty million to one contrast, and they mean nothing. So they could be made. They yes, there are empirical things that we could be doing to go in between the switchers. No, we're not doing it right now. It's all marketing speak. I don't believe a manufacturer until I get it in my hands. Okay. And that's – so let me ask you this. Would you believe a third party? Would you believe someone who sits down and gets as close as possible to apples and apples? Um, that'd be a bad that, – that, that would start the process of believing, put it that way. <laughs> And that was the one thing that I, I took issue with with Crestron about, and um, I've made no bones. I, I prefer Crestron when it comes to control and when it comes to to their video. They've just been doing digital and and HDCP longer, um, but they edited the video, <laughs> and 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 as an old broadcast guy and somebody who who appreciates the empirical evidence, as you know, the empirical research that Brad mentions, for crying out loud, just do one take and and it, let, let there be no no. Um, illusions about what we showed and and you know um andrew edwards made reference to smoke and mirrors well when you edit stuff and you do fades and you do dissolves you you give credence to that um and uh, adrian is it uh is it is it viable even to do a side-by-side comparison uh in the day and age of everybody's doing proprietary stuff well it, it depends on the technology um most products are using the same guts in one shape or form. Um, let's take a good example, HD Base T. We know that they're, everyone's all using the same Valance chip. It just depends on the, um, I guess, the revision that you're using. So you could do HD Base T shootouts quite easily when it comes to things like HDMI switches and and other ancillary products. It gets a little harder because um, somebody doing their own version of something mm-hmm. but you certainly could could do a apples and i guess grapples comparison of some sort you know as long as you have same display same source material everybody uses the same cables same blu-ray player 
and everybody sets up at the same time, like they used to do the projector shootout, mm-hmm. plugs it all in and says, okay, go, kick the can and see how it works. Uh, and then we could probably do it, but, you know, how Crestron went about it, I, it, it, there's validity to it. And, and, you know, we've all seen it. And, and it just kind of sits there and go, you know, really? Come on, guys. In this day and age, it's, it, it's almost uh, it's the game of, well, me too, and anything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> And you know that that's how the two Trons have been have been fighting in the last couple of years. You know, somebody comes up with something, and then you know, either a few months later or a year later, the other Tron comes up with something else. So, I don't know about you guys, but I was, I, I was, it was a breath breath of fresh air for me that AMX hadn't <laughs> said anything yet. I was I was almost rooting for them at, at this point when it comes to you know just kind of perception that good for you guys you know you're not even going to justify it with a response you're not even going to get into the fray and then suddenly almost two weeks later uh by the way here's a video, here's a video we shot so I, I thought it was funny uh from sound and vision magazine uh the uh i always screw up these people's names it's s-e-i-k-i i think it's sick or sicky uh digital debuts a $1,499 4K TV. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've talked about different uh, different televisions and different displays that uh, have come out uh, from Samsung and Sony that are getting into the, the relative um, affordability, let's say, uh, range. $1,500 4K TV. This led me to a question that I'm going to ask you two gentlemen. Adrian... With this being that affordable, it's a 50-inch, by the way, is HD effectively dead? I, I don't think HD is effectively dead. It, it, it's just, it's just, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I look at it and like, okay, it's a, they say they have this resolution. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it in the wild yet. Um, what I found interesting is it has a first-year no-nonsense warranty for replacement. What concerns me is if you, you know, it's if, if you're giving it a year long warranty, are you anticipating that it's going to fail sometime? And, you know, you just want to get them out there and, and, uh, from a company that I've never really heard much from, you know, in the U S yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd have to see it to believe it. I mean, it, when we talk about 4k, um, it's inevitable that this is, this is coming down the line. Um, my thing about it is, is um, you look at a lot of things. It's bandwidth. You know, do does our current infrastructure, whether it be in you know your home equipment or in our projects, our commercial installations, have the necessary infrastructure to support a 4K environment? Um, all these, you know, whether it be Extron or Crestron or uh, you name the company that makes a switcher or a twisted pair or a fiber optic device, do they actually have the bandwidth to handle 4K? We've got, you know, there's a lot of people spending a, a heck of a lot of money to get, you know, compatible with HD, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so 4K becomes the standard and it, it's the it's the latest, greatest thing. And now that we get content for it, that system you just did, and someone goes, hey, why can't my 4K blah, 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 blah work in this thing? Oh, you don't have the bandwidth. Um, we did a project for a school, and uh, the projector um, had a really screwy uh, uh, resolution. 
And when I started looking at them, I'm like, oh, it's a 2K projector. But you only get that resolution if you plug in two SDI cards. And then you're, you get that resolution. Otherwise, it's just a standard, you know, uh, a 1080p projector. And because of that 11th hour uh, realization, um, it changed how the screen was, was ordered, what we needed to do, because they didn't need that. They weren't going to do anything with it. So why pay the money to get a screen that meets a resolution that they're never going to use? Yeah. So we, we have, those are those things. I mean, uh, just to kind of get, um, uh, I went to a uh, ThinkLogical training a, a few days ago, and if, for those who don't know, ThinkLogical is a company. They make um, uh, matrix uh, switching devices and transmitter receiver devices that use fiber optics, and they were telling us that they're 4K compatible, and um, kind of some of the neat things they do is they can do six and a quarter gigabytes uh, of information uh, over 40 kilometers on, on fiber, and um, they have a 4K demo. It's a 25 gigabyte file. They use four SDIs, and uh, each SDI is 1.5 gigabytes cow. to pump that 4K information into their switch through fiber. So this is what we're getting about when it comes to bandwidth and, and infrastructure. We don't have it right now to pump it, especially in a lot of our designs that we're doing. Okay, so here's here's me being not knowing enough about HDMI. Does HDMI, in, does an HDMI infrastructure have have the bandwidth capability to carry it along that, those that cable? Anyway. They say they can. Okay. I don't know if it really can. Because right. that, you know, Adrian, you you make a good point, and and we talked with um, we did a special for CE Pro uh, at the turn of the at the beginning of the year about 4K, and you had all these consumer guys uh the consumer electronic guys all hot on 4k you 4k this and 4k that and you can download 4k on, on on youtube now and you can do this that and the other and they, they were saying that it's going to be the success of 4k was going to be tied to oled the success of, of oled and and this that and the other and you make a very good point is the fact that the infrastructure at least for av pro av is simply not there yet at least not that we know of i mean right and then they talk about h go ahead and when we talk about like HDMI, I mean the uh, 1.4 uh, spec says it supports 4K, but uh, when you kind of read the spec, there's like these little asterisks everywhere that talk about you need to use high-speed HDMI cable and you need to do this and and you know. And then when we look at twisted pair infrastructure, if we were to do 4K on twisted pair infrastructure, we can't do it over Cat 5e. We would have to go to you know. Cats, well, Cat Six shielded twisted pair, like Cat Six A and higher, just to make sure that you're not running into the stupidity that happens when we're pushing these these higher things. the The bad thing about Cat Five is we're using uh, an infrastructure and a cabling system that, when it was first originally designed, wasn't designed to do what we're trying to pump through it now. So we're pushing it to its farther limits. And some people may disagree with me, but when you go back and read the, some of the original uh, uh, specifications on what some of our the technologies that we're using to transmit our information, our data, our video, and our audio, they were kind of made to do like really simple stuff. And we're making them do things that they're not supposed to do. But we fix it with chips and with special cable. And, and there will come to a point where we're 
where we're just going to have to throw up our hands and go, we can't do it anymore. We have to find something bigger and better. And it's probably going to be fiber or it might be something else. I don't know yet. We would never yeah. push something over the limit, would we? <laughs> never. Sorry. 11, man. Yes. It's got to be on 11. Go ahead, Harry. Sorry. Um, the, the thing that I see uh, coming down the pike is especially if this particular monitor is a harbinger of things to come where you're going to have lower cost 4K displays, especially on the larger sizes – Somebody will come up with a scaler, for lack of a better term, to go HD to 4K, and that way you can keep your entire system the way that it is right now, and then you get behind the, the, uh, get behind the monitor, and that's when it blows up to, to 4K. Okay. Or at the projector or something. It's not – people aren't going to redo their infrastructures – I mean, it, it's. I'm I'm immersed in an enterprise environment now, and it's daunting. We're still trying to get our infrastructure up to HD. Wow, good point. And to to have 4K out there, it's like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we only have half the rooms up to HD so far. So I I think. Like I said, I think there's going to be a scaler that that's going to have to come into play where your your entire your system is going to run HD and then um, it's going to blow up so that it looks better in on the larger displays at 4K. Okay. So that VCR you throw in is going to look really, really good, right? No, it's not. It's going to look like <laughs> crap. That's the thing here. Is that and, and you know? It, oh, good lord! I don't want to go down this road. I, I love technology. I do. I do. And and growing up, you know, I, w I had a Walkman. And it was awesome. And my first MP3 player and this, that, and the other. And it was great. And Napster and Bearshear and all those. Those were great. And, you know. But once I started getting into this industry, I, I don't hate the, the march. I don't. But Harry's right. Uh, I work for an educational institution, right? And I still buy VCRs. God help me. Uh, so we we and and we're still trying to we're still trying to get ourselves up in, into HD, and so I love the fact that that 4K is there. And I ask the question honestly because in in my head you have a fifteen hundred dollar display now, um, for 4K. My logical leap is well then you know HD is then effectively dead, especially in the world of of consumer electronics. You have you have a display that is 4K. I understand we don't have the, all the content yet. But that's kind of a thousand dollar to two thousand dollar mark was what used to be a, a kind of a, a, a kind of a, a sweet spot for displays, right? Once they started getting around that that level is when they started really kind of selling uh, at Best Buy in that. Um, understand it's on a Sony, it's on a Pioneer uh, 4K display, but it's still a display around that that magical spot. But in the in the world of enterprise, in the world of government, in the well, government's the wrong world, uh, in the world of education. We're still trying to get ourselves into 1080p, right? Uh, and we're still still trying to do digital uh, on some of our, in, on parts of our campus simply because it's still expensive. And the the campus that I work at, the college I work at, we have 173 rooms that have some sort of AV technology in it. 
right? So five years ago, we had no digital. And I did a, a, a spec to say, okay, guys, this is how much it's going to cost. And it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $300,000 just to upgrade everything and get us, you know, to where we could send a, a, an HDCP signal and, a, and as well as, you know, a, a digital signal to a projector. Uh, it's not cheap. And so Harry's right. You know, we, we're just still trying to get to, to HD and suddenly they throw this 4K thing at us. So. Well, just just wait till the boys at NHK, you know, get their 8K terrestrial systems fired everywhere. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll never, you know, it'll never end. I, I will remind you that NHK is a Japanese <laughs> TV station or a TV network. Yeah, well, not here. Well, I know exactly, but they, they're you know they're doing the tech, they're doing it. Someone's going to say, "Why can't we have that here?" You know. Because we simply—it's an AV arms race. Uh, he with it. the most K's wins. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know what the really sad part about that is—is is that there's there's eight K now, and there soon there will be sixteen, I'm sure, and and so on and so forth. So, and, and the fun thing is, is that um, where you know where does it end? Where do we? There comes a certain point because you know when we look at our eyes and our ears, they suck compared to you know, our, you know when it comes to our senses and and everyone's got you know bad hearing and bad eyes for whatever reason or another. It comes to a point where there, there's no um, there's no benefit to it. You know, yeah. oh, it looks clear, great. You know, or it looks you know dirty. Well, clean your glasses. It, 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 at the end of the day, it, it I don't think it really matters. You know, sure it's a little cleaner and a little clearer, and oh, the 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 colors pop a little bit. But you know, well, but just uh, for the sake of argument, when was the when was the uh, the, the digital turn on for the uh, for the broadcasts? Um, when- was oh six, oh seven? I wish Michael was, was here. Earlier he, than that, he would know this. Well, they they changed the date three or four times. That's why I'm I'm yeah. They kept pushing it back. Yeah. So so we're probably we're probably looking at, at at six seven years. Yeah. Just just for for sake of argument, six seven years since everybody pretty much started broadcasting HD. That's fair. Just now, most of the programming that I get on my satellite is HD. So it's it's been about a six or seven year lag before most of the content and the programming has caught up to that, and there still are channels that are switching over. Right, and the vast majority of it's seven twenty. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you start getting into the question of what you're really getting off your satellite, and even out of, out of your cable, that's not 1080p either. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, just for uh, again, this is this is all sake of argument just looking at content so say and again we'll give it the benefit of the doubt this is the this is the first one we move on maybe next year by next year's infocom since infocom's only a couple months out or less now by next year's infocom there's a bunch of 4k displays okay okay Mark that as you, this is year zero right now. So mark that as year one. Even 
calling for acceleration, say, say five years out from now. So, I mean, we're still pushing towards 2020, 2018, 2020, before we've got saturated 4K content being delivered to houses other than download YouTube. Yeah, or, or possibly, you know, um, upgraded um, ultraviolet discs or upgraded Blu-ray discs. Yeah, or possibly. that plug you, you know, plug into the back of your head via Google Glass or something. Stop it. It's going to happen, man. It's, you know that. It's good. But here's the thing, guys. You, you've got um, it, the same thing happened with HD, though, right? Where it was, you know, the government was pushing and, and they were pushing digital and they were pushing, they weren't pushing HD necessarily, but they were pushing, you know, digital. Uh, you had the display manufacturers pushing HD before we had a whole lot of content and the same thing happened then the argument was well there's no content for this there's no content for this and they they got us content and suddenly it's like oh yeah cool this is great you know um well but the the government had a stake in making the, all the TV stations go digital because yes. they wanted to sell the airwaves yeah yeah there there was an ulterior motive to make that happen they they, they were they, all paying for it yeah Forever Still. and ever, amen. <laughs> Still, but uh, yes, I mean there, there's no there's no reason for the government f to step in and mandate that everyone use a crap ton more bandwidth. <laughs> no, there's not, and, and Harry makes a good point there. there. There's not anything that they're going to benefit out of it. Um, there, it's, it's in, unless you want to get really not conspiratorial, but say that just like when HD and 3D was was a big hit, uh, Disney re-released every movie known to man that they had in 3D. They may do the same thing with 4K when it becomes popular, and then the government gets taxes off that. Just means I'm going to have to buy the white album again. Oh, jeez, stop that! What is that from? Men in Black. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, you're listening to AV Week. Uh, that gentleman there is Harry Mead from Vision Technology Service. Also with us is Adrian Boyd from Avitexture. Uh, real quick, one more uh, quick CE uh, consumer electronics story. Logitech is adding Harmony Ultimate dun, 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 and Smart Control Universe remotes. Uh, Harry, where does Logitech fit into the world of Savants? And oh, let's even put Crestron and AMX in there uh, when it comes to, to home control? Um, I mean, I think they're on the, the, I mean, they're definitely on the lower side, I would think. Just, But are they a player anymore, I guess? Uh, they're going to be a player for, they're definitely going to be a DIY player. Okay. Um, they, it's getting easier for these things to do all of this different control as we network everything that we own. Um, prime example of that is, and I think Mrs. A.V. Dawn <laughs> uh, might have brought this up before on another show, where we both have apps on our phones now that can control the DirecTV receiver. Which makes for an interesting argument, but <laughs> especially when she's like, "I keep trying to, I keep trying to change the channel, but it's not changing." 
And the problem yeah. is, I know Harry, and he's as honorary as I am. <laughs> and um, she's watching Dancing with the Stars, and he's turning it to, to Nova or something. Oh, dance moms. Oh, <laughs> dear God. Just tell me she doesn't watch Honey Boo Boo, and, and she's all right. She doesn't watch Honey Boo Boo. Thank goodness. But... She- but between dance moms and toddlers and frickin' tiaras. <laughs> well, we're off the rails now, gentlemen. Yes, yes, we are. That's all right. And? Oh. <laughs> I, I know the boss of this place, so it will be all right. The, uh... Anyway, it is much easier for all of these guys, such as Logitech, to bring in remotes to be able to do IP control of all these different things because you've got your TV that's going to be IP controlled because you're using it for uh, for web-based uh, things like YouTube, Pandora, and everything else. You've got your receiver that's that's web-based controlled because that's going to Pandora and everything else like that. You've also got uh, your receiver, uh, your DirecTV satellite cable whatever receiver is also on the network because that's how they're getting other things for that so it becomes a lot easier for the diy to be able to do it um (laughs) the thing that that caught my eye was the the phillips hue lighting it's like oh really cool we're gonna control the color of the lights just like the apple commercial it's cool though (laughs) you know it's one of those things that'd be cool for about the first 10 minutes. And then it would stop being cool. And then it's like, oh, I just want the friggin' lights on. No, it, that, that, that is, that's a valid question. We'll, we'll get, <laughs> we, we may not get to that one now. <laughs> uh, Adrian, Harry makes this a good point. Is it kind of time for Logitech to, to stay relevant? Would it make more sense maybe for them to focus more on maybe maybe an app like one app to rule them all type thing where we're an app that kind of grabs everybody in instead of focusing on the hardware. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm kind of baffled by the whole thing. Cause I thought that Logitech was really trying to divest itself out of this um, company. They picked up a couple years ago. I thought they were trying to get rid of harmony and they were, you know, going to discontinue it. So when they came out and I was like, really, that's like a 180 with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to be honest, I like the Harmony remotes. Um, they're, you know, I I've got three of them. I've got uh, uh, a seven sixty something, then I've got a thousand, and then I've got like a, a an eight ninety or something like that. And they're great for for what you want to do for just really simple uh, universal remote control. Don't have to worry about programming drivers, and just make it work. They're great. Um, I've set the, you know, I've got one for my father-in-law so that, you know, he doesn't have 20 remotes, although every single time he, he's a, he's one of those early adopters. So the remote never works cause he keeps changing everything, oh, yeah. but th- I've always found that them to be great, you know, for what they're supposed to do, regular home environment, you just want to control a few sources and a TV. They're perfect. Um, anything beyond that, they're not well suited for. Um, I, I'm kind of, um, I almost wish that Logitech would have led, leveraged this, uh, this entity in their brands a little bit more, um, especially with a lot of the other products that they have, you know, they, their security cams and their, you know, keyboards and mice and, and, uh, and, you know, at one time I think they were doing security cameras and then they also have, you know, life size and so on. But I, I think they really missed the opportunity. 
with this product. So uh, I'm not sure where this is fitting in. Yes, you can do stuff with your phone. They have Bluetooth access, which is really good for some of those weird things like the PlayStation 3. Um, what the other thing I found was really interesting is um, they're allowed to, they're doing some sort of integration with um, Philips uh, Lighting, um, their Hue product line, which I haven't seen get a lot of traction here in the U.S., but from what I understood is they're, you know, their lighting control stuff is pretty popular in Europe. Um, but I, I just don't know what's going to, where this is all going to fit. It's with, with a lot of the, you know, our phones and our tablets, um, and our network devices, you know, now you have an app to control something. Um, I, I'm looking at, um, I think that it'll probably may end up if instead of, um, when you buy a new device, whether it be your Blu-ray player or whatever it is, your TV, you'll get a really powered down uh, remote, power on, power off, maybe volume up, volume down, and and channel selection. But then you'll have to go and download an app and put it on your phone or a tablet to get full control of the device. Uh, I, I'm thinking that's probably the way a lot of manufacturers may start going uh, just to cut down on uh, manufacturing processes. That would, that would make sense. Uh, it would. Except one thing. Now you're assuming, and it's a, it's a probably a valid assumption that everyone has a cell phone. True. So, I I, I came up with one final uh, possible curveball. Okay. For this, because the whole thing was predicated around, as Adrian was saying, that they they were saying basically that they wanted to dump the the harmony stuff. Mm-hmm. They could just be putting in minimal uh, minimal effort and make it look really attractive, and then they can sell it instead of just dumping it. Wow! Right? Didn't think about that. That actually makes sense. So that that makes it more attractive to a buyer as opposed to we're just going to phase out this company that we bought. We'd like to get some money back for this company. Maybe True. maybe Cisco should buy them. Absolutely. Sorry, I'm 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 so set on Cisco buying some sort of control company. I'll just I'll I'll give them all sorts of ideas. So, all right. Are you saying one one con- one one company to rule the world? You know what? They're there. They're almost there. Uh, we had a, a gentleman on uh, from Cisco a couple of weeks ago, Paul Dubberschmidt, and it, he's he was a part. He's he's in their AV guy, right? He's not their the AV guy at Cisco, but he's one of them, right? And they're becoming more and more. They they are the epitome. Of of the confluence between IT and AV. Um, well, they could buy a control system company and then make that control systems company's tech support go completely down and be hard to deal with and a pain. Do, do you have any suggestions? Which one would you like to see? <laughs> Sorry, I I kind of went on and rambled there. For no, a no, you're um, fine. <laughs> I have a couple a couple of of, uh, of control companies that they could go after. You know. That that they may improve their their customer service. I don't know. You wouldn't have many ones. Don't you, you have stock you, in Tim? You wouldn't have. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't have to pay two thousand dollars a year to talk to their tech support. I'm sorry. All right. Oh. Moving on. A story from uh, from actually Adrian. This is a kind of a cool thing. Uh, it's a touchscreen interface for seamless data transfer between the real and virtual worlds. It's really freaking cool. We put a link up to this. Uh, on on the uh, on the show page, um, 
basically it's it's a way to get um, real world information straight into into digital. Uh, a couple of things about this, Adrian, before we get get to you on this. It's really cool, but oh my gosh, my copyright lights just went off. Um, so there are that. There's that. You know, the whole issue between you know copyright and this that, and the other. But when it comes to lecture capture and things of that nature, this is a huge thing, right? Yeah, I mean, if you haven't, uh, I mean, I posted this on my Twitter feed and I sent you the email. Well, what's it's an it's it's kind of like an over it's a projection system with um, it's almost like if you've seen the leap um, mm -hmm. that that gesture based technology. And it's, so it's mapping things real time. It's projecting images over it, and and it's it's doing a couple other things. So you've got an interactive GUI from a projector, you know. So it's and then it's viewing what you're doing, and then you can manipulate it real time, which is what really 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 cool. Uh, in the video, they they had a piece of um, of static paper, and they had the the system over it, and then they had an image, and then the image. They, you know, I highlighted it, and then it they double clicked it, and it went to a video. Mm -hmm. uh, in like it, it, they had a map to go to a to a video that the paper was talking about. Uh, it, it's a neat little product. I, I'd love to see this um, uh, get a little bit more uh, real time. I mean, Fujitsu's got. Uh, I think they've got something really, really cool. It'd be great to see if they bring this to Infocom and let people play with it. Hint, hint, if anyone from Jiu-Jitsu is out there, bring this to Infocom. <laughs> well, and, and um, go ahead, Adrian. But the other thing is, is uh, if you looked at one of the pictures, they had three laptops in the background. So I'm wondering, like, how much processing power um, is this system running? Uh, or, were they, or were the three laptops running three identical systems at the same time? Because uh, there's a lot going on here. There's, you know, capture, there's video, there's gesture-based controls. So what kind of infrastructure is making this happen? Because uh, one of the photos, if you look, uh, if you go to, have the opportunity to go to the show notes and go to the visit the web page, there's a massive bundle of camel coming out on the back of this thing. Yeah. But, and, and the reason I mentioned lecture capture is you've got instructors who can show things I mean, in, in, on pieces of paper or this, that, and the other, and it, that could be immediately captured into a video that they could post to Blackboard or, or other uh, sy uh, systems like Blackboard, and people could go back afterwards and take down the notes from that. So, Or, or even manipulating um, objects in real time. Mm -hmm. um, the, this technology, is it's we're going to see more and more things like this. Um, you know, I mentioned the, the Leap Motion Controller. That's supposed to be shipping from Best Buy. May 18th. Wow. For 80 bucks. And uh, it's going to be one of the toys I want to get a hold of. Because <laughs> that, that, I mean, the idea of the keyboard and the mouse, I think you're going to be around for a long, long time. But gesture based control, I think, is becoming more, is going to become something more and more on the forefront that as designers and engineers in this industry, we're going to have to be on top of because someone's going to want it and we're going to really have to know how to implement it effectively. I am not a gesture. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's like from uh, episode two, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. I still reference it though. Uh, <laughs> Harry, is this is this as cool as I think it is, or is it just kind of something? Yeah, that was kind of neat. Um, yes and no. Okay. Um, yeah, there is a inch thick bundle of cable coming off of this thing. So yeah, you do wonder how much the how much those three laptops are are pushing. 
<laughs> um, <clears throat> and I understand that it's the first round of this, and so things are always bigger and, and clunkier, but it seems very limiting because you've got this piece in front of you now. You've got a two-foot-tall by 10-inch or whatever square sitting in front of you. So if you're talking to a class, you've got that in front of you that you're then manipulating stuff in front of in front of that and it just it seems clunky to me in that way. Okay. I would much rather see just a, a a touch surface that you're bringing this stuff up on but then you don't get the the the, the paper, but it seems like you've got to I keep coming at it from all the different angles. It, it seems right. like you've got to preload what you want to do like they did with the video. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me negates some of how some of its usefulness because then you've got to, you've got to do a lot of pre- – so I mean it would work for like a lecture type thing. But some of this, some of the gesture stuff falls back into um, the problems that a lot of people are having on the Windows 8 front. Is that Windows 8 is all gesture based too, and if you don't have a gesture based laptop like Mister Av Dawn, who does not have a gesture based laptop, <laughs> <laughs> it is a pain in the butt because. There's no – instead of just going up and, and clicking the X, even if it was touch and you just click the X to close it, that's great. Now you've got to go to the top. You have to click and drag it down, and, and that's how you close a program. And um, and nobody actually says that. So I've had, I've had three different people come up to me and say, how do you close a program? I just got Windows 8. <laughs> um. And so it just – yes, it's interesting, but it seems like it's – it can also be a little bit more of an offshoot of – it looks like kind of um, – what's, what's, what's the Xbox? The Connect? Oh, Connect. Camera. Yeah, the Connect. Yeah, Connect. Connect. It's, it, it looks like Connect with a document camera. Is is seen okay. kind of how I'm seeing it. is it reads your gestures and things like that, but then it's also showing what's what's on the screen or what's in front of it. Yeah, the, the, it's a it's a projector with the two cameras that are that are kind of doing the uh, the mapping and and so on. Yeah. So I mean, it. I think it it has its place, and yeah, it's going to be fun to play with, but I'm not I'm not sold on widespread gesture-based everything yet. Okay. And th- and, that, and that's fair. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat you are, Harry, because I do have... I've got an Xbox at home, and sometimes the, the voice commands aren't exactly great. Sometimes the gesture commands even aren't exactly great. Uh, but it's a step, right? And I think that was the, the one thing that I... Um, that I was excited about was the fact that it's it's a step in the right direction, and we've all seen we just had a conversation about you know 4K and then before that 10 you know 1080p and then 720. The way that technology is moving, who knows by 2015 2020 something like this may not take three laptops. So 
Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Did it, we 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 kind of beat up on him last week a little bit, and I we may beat up on him again. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how this one's going to go. Uh, but Xtron has released a couple of at least interesting digital products, uh, and one of them is actually a hybrid. Uh, the first is an IN six an IN sixteen oh eight. So here's the thing: if if you have done any kind of scaling in the world of AV in probably I'm going to say the last 10 years, you've used an IN-1508 more than likely than not. Is that a fair statement, gentlemen? Do you guys sure. Know? Yeah. Do you guys yeah. know what I... I've used, I've used I was going to say, you, you know what an IN-1508... So an IN-1508 from Extron was like one of the one of the two or three standard switcher scalers in, in the business. It was just rock solid. It was bulletproof. You could do pretty much anything in it. And it did some really cool things. One thing it didn't do was digital. <laughs> it, there was no HDMI. There was no DVI. Oh, there was. I'm sorry. There was one DVI, um, but there was no HDMI output. There was no uh, digital output. It was. It was strictly a, a 15, a DV15. And so they've come along with what they're saying is an HDCP compliant scaling presentation switcher. So, uh, I'm I'm a little hesitant. I've not played with this yet. I haven't hooked up, up to anything. I can't tell you that it, that it is literally handling um, high bandwidth digital content protection. So I will take their word for it, Harry. Uh, <laughs> the reason I say it like that is is Extron has had some issues um, dealing with content protection over the last few years, and and they were doing digital, you know, in in their own in their own way. Um, they they don't, you know, they're they're getting into twisted pair. XTP is still not quite there yet. Digital, that's a fact. Oh, shush. Um, so, it, Harry, it is the fact that I'm looking at this, and, and to me, it feels like, and it looks like, the specs look like the um, the heir apparent to the IN fifteen oh eight. Are they heading in the right direction? At least um, Extron, when it comes to you know giving people who need to move to digital um, the, the right tools or or are they just kind of grasping at straws now? Um, combination again. Okay. <laughs> yes, they. Yes, it is. It does appear to be the heir apparent to the IN fifteen oh eight. I would assume from the naming structure they designed <laughs> wow, it to yes. be the heir apparent to the fifteen oh eight. Um, and they've put their 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 DTP uh, stuff mm-hmm. on it. So, so it makes it a little bit more expandable. Um, they've got digital um, through HDMI. <clears throat> the they've also got uh, at least on some of them they've got audio processing. Um, so it could operate as a uh, as, as a central switcher for a room. Um, my first reaction especially on the slightly larger ones was oh look they got a media presentation switcher like amx and crestron only they don't have a control system on it why don't they have a control system on it wow i didn't even think about that so i mean i'm using i in the the place where i am now they've standardized on the amx uh, media switcher so that 
um, so that it's an all-in-one box. And so it's got the it's got the the controller built into it already. So if it were me, <laughs> while offering the sixteen oh eight straight the 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 one U version is is a nice thing to offer, I would have immediately uh, piggybacked one of their control processors on it, so that all you need to do then is throw one of their uh, their touch panels on the network and talk to it, and it's done. And then you've got an entire room system built into one thing. That is brilliant. <laughs> I know, but I, they, I, it's like, well, we're going to do this, but, and we're almost going to give you everything we need, or you need, but we're not going to. I'm not being facetious. I honestly, and, and again, I've been using 1508s for years, never even occurred to me <laughs> that was a it was an MPS, which is the Crestron uh, predecessor to the DMPS, um, without a control system. Holy cow! And you're right; they should just throw the. If they do, Harry, you should write somebody and get some money out of that. Yeah, no crap. Or, or at least tickets to the Extron Bash at Infocom this year. Uh, Adrian, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, is this kind of cool? Or or Harry's right. I'm sorry. I I need to change my question. Uh, why haven't why haven't they done this? Why haven't they just said you know you know here's the presentation switcher, switcher easy for me to say, uh, but also in the same line is the same switcher with with our control system on it as well. Uh, I don't know, but I'm gonna uh, preface this. I'm still waiting for Global Configurator Pro. So now that that's out of the way, um, darn, be- you're you're kidding me. It still hasn't come out. No, I no. Ha- I have revision three. Um, there's actually two flavors of this uh, the IN60 series you got a 606 and a 608 606 is the same thing just doesn't have the DTP transmitter uh, receiver um, uh, in the box Um, I've actually I've kind of seen this it's a cool little box it kind of gets you 85% of the way there if you're building a small system or a portable presentation card or something like that. Um, it, it, it feels like it's a Yami 2 product from, from Extron right now, but it's definitely a step in the right direction uh, with a lot of their new products coming in, especially in the DTP and XTP family. Uh, so it, it's good to see. It, it's got a lot of, uh, re- I think it's going to fit a lot of good niches. Um, I put it, I put it into a system design for, for a, a government entity that, um, wants to have a configurable video conference environment so that they can move it as a cart system from room to room and still be able to to kind of give the the weird flexibility and, and breakouts that they want to do. So, I mean, this will be a good little thing. And and, uh, and the only thing that sucks is it's not available till July. <laughs> Which really means September. All right. Uh, <laughs> a couple more real quick, guys, before I let you go. First of all, from AV Network. Uh, Black Box, the guys that make some uh, uh, multimedia and uh, digital signage stuff, are holding a contest. It's only twenty. It's it's a twenty five dollar uh, Amazon gift card, so that's kind of cool. Um, I'm going to let each of you uh, finish this sentence, and I'm going to use your answers. Adrian, you know you're in AV if you have boxes and r- Tupperware containers and Rubbermaid containers filled with cable. Oh, okay. That that's a good one. 
Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. A.V. Don, you know you're in A.V. if... See, now you're putting me on the spot because I already entered mine. Oh. <laughs> well, what did you use? Tell me what you use. I can't use it then. You know you're in A.V. if you spend more time looking over your shoulder at the projectors and how the ride is working than actually looking at the new 4D ride at the amusement park. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or when you go to a concert or when you go, yes. you go to your kid's school Wait. or well, yeah, when you're looking for the speakers instead of enjoying your meal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good yes. Night. I was I did a presentation at my daughter's elementary school the other day and I'm I'm looking at this I'm I'm walking around and going, "Oh, that was that was an interesting install." And so, yeah. Uh well, I was going to say, you know you're in AV if you have to resist the urge to run up on stage and just fix that mic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I, actually, at a um, uh, Caterpillar is a big. It's a big manufacturer here in Illinois, and uh, they have a a new fancy schmancy multi million dollar visitor center. And I walked through this stupid thing, and I, I I kid you not, I was more impressed not impressed by the you know forty foot high dump truck in the middle of this thing. I was impressed by the fact that they were using Crestron control and digital projection projectors. So, yeah. Anyhow, I have issues. Um, Infocom 2013 is coming up, uh, middle part of June. It is a good pl- time to get together with folks that you wouldn't normally see on a, on a normal basis. I get to see you two fine gentlemen uh, in Orlando this year. But it's also a good time to get yourself educated. And from here until probably Infocom, uh, I'm going to highlight a different uh, course uh, on, a, on a weekly basis. Uh, we're going to put one of the links we're going to put up is is from uh, Corporate Tech Decisions. They actually did a piece this past week on some of them. Uh, so the first installation of this is on June twelfth. It's a Wednesday morning at ten thirty a.m. You can go to a session entitled "Social Media and Marketing for the Small Systems Integrator." Mister Mead, will you be going to that one? I'm marriagely contractually <laughs> obli- obligated <laughs> to go to that particular session sir because that is our friend miss av dawn she's uh she, i'm freaking thrilled for her because she's thrilled about this she gets to teach a session on social media and marketing for the small systems integrator and i as it is very cool uh if you've ever wondered about it um <laughs> thought about it you, you're still not on twitter because you 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 know you don't think that you know showing a picture of your of your latest install or your lunch is valid Go to this session and uh, and Miss Miss A B Don will walk you through. So I was gonna say my problem is I've prob- by the, especially by the time the class rolls around I will have heard everything probably seven or eight times. Yes, <laughs> and you'll be able to help her do it. So you know, recite <laughs> it. Uh, so if you're interested, go to the Infocom Show uh, website infocomshow.org, uh, org and uh, it, it'll let it'll walk you through how to sign up for classes. Uh, there are all sorts of people doing classes, uh, people that have been on this show, people uh, from other places in the industry. Uh, so check it out if you would. Uh, it'll give you, if you're a CTS, most of these classes, I think, if not all, will give you CTS uh, renewal credits. So yeah, check them out. Go to the Infocom Show, uh, infocomshow.org, and they will they will show you how to sign up for classes. 
So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, with us has been Mr. Harry Mead, Mr. A.B. Dawn. He is the Enterprise-Level Project Manager for Vision Technology Services. Thank you, sir. No problem. How can people find you or bother you or follow you or... Oh, people bother me all the time. Um, <laughs> no, I am on Twitter as Mr. A.V. Dawn because she got the name first, or she was on Twitter first because she's the best social media person you have ever heard of, come across, seen in your life. Absolutely. I tend to um, agree. That is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me for the masses. For the masses. All right, and also with us is Mr. Adrian Boyd, a, a former fellow St. Louisan, but he's left me for the East Coast. He is the Senior Systems Designer at Avitexture. How can people get a hold of you, sir? Uh, probably the best way is through Twitter. Uh, I am the uh, AV uh, CAD guy on Twitter, and it's the underscore AV underscore CAD underscore guy. I wonder if, if underscore is taken on, on Twitter. You should just do that. <laughs> underscore. Uh, underscore. At underscore. At underscore. At Actually, underscore. <laughs> this is totally random. I thought about uh, this morning on the way to work. Um, I'm going to look today and see if, if at Hodor is taken and just tweet every day, Hodor. Hodor. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a that's a Game of Thrones joke. Uh, <laughs> my name is not Hodor. <laughs> it's it's Tim Albright. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's TD, Tim David Albright, on Twitter on Facebook and Google Plus and every place else. But more importantly for me and every, everybody here at AV Nation, uh, go by the website, check out our social stuff. Uh, AV Dawn is one of the people that helps us with our social stuff, uh, which is the only reason we do half a decent job. Uh, we are on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google Plus, uh, but the website is uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, go by the website, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. That is all the time we have for AV Week. Oh,